All right, Jess. So first, I wanted to check in with you about the the silent retreat that you just finished up, and I know you you've led a few of them. And actually, yeah, we uh, we were at one silent retreat together outside of DC. Um, mm-hmm. That was maybe actually the last time that 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 I saw you. But anyway, um, just something to share about your most recent experience, and and generally like the power of silent retreats of of what you've seen, what you've experienced yourself and what you've noticed, uh, happening for others. Mm. Yeah. A big reconnection to oneself and to also a wisdom that lives inside of oneself that can often get dismissed or forgotten in the flurry of life. Mm. Uh, And so also a a seeing of uh, people coming back home to themselves. Coming back home. It's a very interesting idea, right? It's like, what even do you think happens in regard to moving away from home? Like, how do I, why and how do I move away from home? Yeah. I mean, it brings up even a a bigger question. What is home and where is home? (laughs) Uh, But I think we all, myself included, how many times do I get caught in the grind and the busy and the, the, the doing and the going and and even maybe caught and hijacked in a state of fear or stress or worry or kind of moving too fast, you know, in a, in a rush on our way, always somewhere going somewhere else. And there's a sense of, of like lost or being lost or losing oneself. And so it, it seems like silence in a way can be a pathway to catching back up with oneself. Uh, I like that you mentioned that's, kind of the, that's the coming home. Yeah. And you mentioned speed because I think speed is an essential component uh, in this, right? Like when I, when I get caught, I would say normally it's, it's because of how fast I'm operating internally. And when I slow down genuinely on the inside, that's coming home. So so there's all these different techniques and ideas and and whatnot, but is it as simple as a a matter of speed? I wonder about that. Well, it's interesting you speak to that uh, because the whole entire first day, the theme that is offered into the space is all about slowing down, breathing and relaxing. <laughs> and I think it just speaks to what you're saying of when we kind of get caught in, in speed or distraction or moving too fast through our life, our inner environment and the inner ecosystem uh, is also affected by that speed. And so if I'm moving through my life, externally really fast the internal system and it follows that and so there is 
it feels like a, a big key ingredient to the journey of silence and, and meeting silence is that whole process of slowing down, breathing, uh, remembering that I have a body. <laughs> I live in my body, um, relaxing, softening the grip, the armor, the protection that we need to at times put on to make it through the day. Why do do we really need to do that? I wonder. It's like, is that the mind thinking that I need to do that in order to protect myself? Is it true? I mean, that's a really good question. I I would imagine on some levels it's not so true and, and maybe it's a habit and conditioned um, patterning. And there are some people that, uh, you know, live in, in certain situations that, yeah, it, it, uh, they, they do need the armor to, to walk down the street and make it through the day. And yeah, I think it's, it's kind of situational. I also, it seems as though, you know, the armor is part of the conditioning response to like too much too fast or the conditioning response to some kind of overwhelm or excess stress. Yeah, so I feel that way and then I don't the armor. And what what is that armor? that I'm, I'm putting on, like, what, what exactly is it? Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a separation from me and the other, me and another. It's a separation from something that feels frightening. It's maybe some kind of safety mechanism in some way. I mean, it's, I, I imagine, and I'm thinking of myself, it's like, it's all, all it, the armor is, is put on from, from actually a place of wisdom of like, oh, if I don't put this armor on, I might not survive this moment, you know, whether that's, that's true or not. Um, it seems as though that's where the armor kind of comes from. I'm, as as a place like the armor is put on as a place of like, ooh, something's happening and like a sur survival mechanism almost. Yeah. You think most of the time, specifically in regard to other people, like there's something, there's something about other people's behavior that I need to protect myself from? Well... There's quite a bit of violence and discrimination and inequality and um, separation in our world right now. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of differences and people, you know, can, we can get easily caught in, oh, that person is different and I'm putting up my armor to, to you know, other that person or keep that person over there. Do we need to do that? Um, hope not. Do we do that? 
<laughs> and is it is it a service? I wonder about this. Like, is it a service to others um, to, you know, shed that armor or not put it on? in times well, when maybe I am yeah. inquiry, you know, who, who am I when I, I lay down the armor. Right. And, you know, I know you have an interest in authenticity, right? Mm. And so I wonder too, when, when I'm wearing this armor, is it less authentic than when the armor is off? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I speak for myself. Um, the armor. Uh, yeah, I would say yes. If if there's armor on, then I'm then in some some way I'm either hiding or not revealing just my full self. Which means if I'm if my full self isn't here, then am I really being authentic? So is that your your practice to do like do you feel when there's maybe a tendency to put on that armor, protect yourself, maybe put on, you know, a mask is maybe another another way to put it. And then like you see that, you acknowledge that, and then maybe choose not to put it on. Uh I think for me more the practice is the pause. Because that what you just said can happen in like you know, a snap of the fingers extremely fast. And um, so there is there is a, a quality of awareness around that and almost like a, a, a learning or a discovery more of who I am and kind of why I do what I do. And, and I think more of the cure, for me, more of the curiosity is taking that moment to pause and like, whoa, what just happened? Versus, oh, now I have to do something and like put my armor down. So I, I guess I approach the situation more from like pause and curiosity of what just happened and why did that just happen? Because I think in in the the what and the why and the curiosity, that will actually reveal more information on maybe what's actually needed in the moment. Hmm. Yeah. I want to ask you about time and you know how you choose to spend your your time how you want to spend your time going going forward i'm sure mm -hmm. that you you know reflect reflect on this okay like here's my life <laughs> i get to move forward from here yeah you know what makes sense to you in terms of uh, how to spend your time mm. it brings up the question of uh what really matters, what's most important, what's really meaningful, and what's what nourishes, like what nourishes me, what nourishes you, um, and what's the thing that matters most right now. And when I can ask those kinds of questions, because it shifts, you know, every day might be a little bit different. Um, when I can ask those kind of questions, it feels like they can be guiding lights to another answer of your question. Um, but what I see, <clears throat> like common threads are community, 
and the power and the potency and the need uh, for community uh, and fellow fellow travelers on the path path uh, and that kind of communal connection uh, seems really important for me and is a really big key element of of, of life. <clears throat> also, creativity, uh, whether that gets expressed physically in the body or uh, I paint a lot and write a lot and do a lot of poetry. So creativity and giving space for creativity um, feels really important. Um, I guess I, the word that just came up was uh, dharma and they're just like a, a sense of like duty and responsibility and inquiry, which I think is always happening, but like, why am I here? And what is the essence of Jeff's and what gifts do I have to offer? And can I actually live more from like that essence? Um, and can that be the guide? And then a lover of helping other people discover, find, and remember that within themselves, which also means discovering what gets in the way of that essence from being expressed uh, in its full way. And is community a container for doing that work? I do feel that way. Yeah, I really, there's a phrase that uh, came from Stephen Cope, uh, a dear teacher and mentor of mine, and I just, I really love it. And the more that I immerse myself in, in a community, it's like, oh my, I so feel that and see that. But he says, we see one another into being, and I become because of you. And so because we're together, uh, you know, there's there's a, a seeing of, of one another into into our uh, our being. And, and we are able to do that because we're we're seeing and, and being seen, we're witnessing and being witnessed, we're we're hearing and being heard. I think in, in community there's some sense of, you know, the the container of of safety, of um, belonging, which seems to me that every human being craves that the most. And in a sense of safety and belonging, yeah, pe people, people come alive. Yeah, I've been like investigating this for a bit of time, like just seeing the 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 power of community behind intentions, right? So I ask myself, you know, why is this person doing this or that? And so often it seems that the answer is to find community, to to belong. No, it's so much so that often I think you know people will belong to communities that aren't very healthy for them. But that sense of belonging is so crucial that I'm I'm going to be a part of this anyway, even if it's not really the community that my heart yearns for. 
I need it to survive. I need to be, I need to belong. Um, so I'm going to go there anyway. But in terms of the communities that, that you're a part of, that you've been a part of, you know, what have you found to be, you know, the essential components for a healthy community? What does that look like? Mm. Yeah. Healthy community. Uh, well, authenticity feels, you know, space and room uh, and a welcoming of everyone to be who they are, just as they are, and where they are on the journey without some kind of expectation that we should be somewhere different or I should be something different. Um, that feels like a really important community or important ingredient. Love, compassion, patience, courage, bravery. I mean, it, it takes a lot of courage and bravery to be in a space to be seen, to be witnessed in the fullness of who you are when it's absolutely beautiful and and when it's also like, whoo, well, feel like a little bit of a hot mess. <laughs> Can I welcome that too? <laughs> um, so there's some some kind of like ingredient of like of humanness. Hmm. Permission for that. Permission to to be you and to, and to do your work and you know we're gonna accept you wherever you wherever you're at you know yeah yeah and an, an ingredient of inquiry right we're we're all kind of in this inquiry together um, intention also feels really important you know like what what are we all doing here together what are what are we growing what are we fostering what are what are we practicing so to speak together. I think having some kind of like guiding light can be supportive. So However we have service yeah. to the, the greater and the larger, right? We, we come together and how can, how can we as a community be of service to the greater and the larger, larger collective? Right, so there's like individual purpose and then there's the purpose of the community and both seem yeah essential they i guess they can line so, up too yeah yeah they seem so connected and intertwined and they and almost like feed into and off of one another so i'm not just here for myself and my own growth and healing and discovery and uncovery uh that that actually ripples out and it can't be any other way right like we don't i don't live in isolation even if I have the intention to to do that, um, any work that I'm doing on myself is is going to affect the environment, right? It seems to be that way, right? We change, I change, you change. Um, what I've witnessed is the people around me change without me even needing to say or do anything. So there is a, a ripple. Yeah, that yeah, that's natural. Yeah, that balance is, is is one that you know I I investigate you know sometimes because my mind wants to do something for someone else for for others and then and so there's that part of me but then there's another part of me that that just kind of feels that I don't need to do anything else aside from continue to work on myself mm. but that 
that accomplishes that other goal um, more efficiently, effectively than it would be for my mind to try to figure out, you know, how can I help other people? I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of struggle with that one a, a little bit, finding the balance there. I, I'm, I'm like a notice in myself um, with this phrase, working on myself. Yeah. <laughs> I get a little like, <laughs> yeah, please say more. Um, because I find so many people come to our silent retreats or so many people just uh, come to Kripalu and, and, and just be on the path of, of just human or self-discovery. And it's like, that's how we walk to the, like, is that how we're walking to the path? Is that how we're walking on the path of like, I have to work on myself. And so now I'm a self-improvement project, which then in some interesting, subtle way is basically saying, well, there's something wrong with me. I don't, I see, I don't see it that way. I don't, I don't think okay. that it, it needs to be that right. So like, even the words are, I have to work on myself. I would shift that to, I get to work on myself because it's fun yeah, because yeah. Yeah. what else is there to do? And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with where I am right now. I mean, I think the point that you're making is totally, uh, essential. I have this friend who's led this amazing, uh, campaign and her slogan is everything is right about you. Everything is right about you. Mm. And I think, and she like really sees the need for that slogan. So I get that completely. And that, that is actually, I think, um, the viewpoint that is going to lead to the most growth. Growth doesn't happen when I kind of shame myself and say, Oh, there's something wrong with me. Now I need to uh, change something, work on myself. No, the growth happens when where I'm at is totally fine. It's totally acceptable. It's completely human and there's always more. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Total and complete. And there's always more. I wanted to ask you about uh, small thinking. <laughs> you mentioned small that. Thinking. Yeah. Like you, you mentioned like um, just moving beyond, you know, thinking small or maybe the way I looked at it is in kind of like observing the mind and the quality of thoughts and that some thoughts seem, you know, smaller or maybe not, not needed, not, I don't need to entertain them. And then other thoughts are more of the higher, higher level of, of quality and actually productive, uh, in some way. No, mm. do you, do you experience that yourself? And how do you distinguish between the two? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am human. So yes, <laughs> I, um, when I, I guess when I was thinking of small mind, I was thinking of, um, you know, our story, like, yes, this, this witness or this watching of the, the stories of the mind and uh, the curiosity of like what's running the ship and, and the, the loops and the, the story patterns that are running, running the, running the show. And oftentimes what I find is, yeah, there, there can be some small mind thinking where I get kind of caught or hooked in what, you know, I'm not good enough or something's wrong or um, there's a problem here or, 
you know, it kind of goes back to that armoring and separation uh, versus maybe more, more wholesome or larger qualities of, of mind around like love or acceptance or patience or compassion or, um, Yeah. Yeah. So small mind, I guess it feels <clears throat> the, the stories that are outdated, not true, that keep, keep me personally small, the conditioning that keeps me small. So you see those kind of rise come into your awareness and then you have a a practice of letting them go or, or shifting them in a direction that feels better? Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting language. Um, again, I, I bring in the word curiosity and then I, I often am asking myself like, is that really true? Hmm. Um, is that like, is that really true? Um, and that, and that question, there's actually like a, a non-doing. I don't have to do anything other than just ask that question with curiosity. And that usually reveals <laughs> for most of the time for me, like, no, that's actually not, not true. And that keeps me in my small little box uh, separated from this or that or... Um, and the, the question kind of allows me to, to see, see more clearly. I love that question. You know, and I think you, uh, you describe yourself as a, a truth blazer, <laughs> <laughs> but this, yeah, just, just being curious, right. And, and investigating the truth that seems so important to me. Like, like, yeah, right. Like the word truth is, is holy. I would even say. Um, but it's, yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's almost like medicine, honestly, like awareness, awareness brings truth, right? The more aware I can be, uh, the, the, with curiosity and compassion and patience, um, among, you know, with, with my own human conditioning and, and with others, the more awareness there is, the more, the more truth is revealed and the more truth is revealed, then there's, there's more wisdom on, on how to navigate the next couple of steps. And it actually comes from what feels like this natural unfolding versus like, oh, I have to do something and figure something out. It's like, well, truth is just truth. It's enough then to, to simply be aware and to trust in that, in the awareness of, of then it will lead to the progression, I think, that you outlined. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I really see and believe and like that awareness really is, is medicine. Yeah. You ever consider that there's maybe like priorities inside yourself? Like the mind can kind of set an intention to have a, a certain priority. Like this is the most important thing to me. And it's, beneficial to kind of get that straight because all these different things are kind of, you know, swirling around, jumbling around. Um, so to 
to to really set a clear intention. Okay, this is like the top priority. So as an example, right, like awareness, like that's my intention is just to to be in awareness as often as I can, you know, or or to be experiencing love, whatever whatever it is. Does that seem important to kind of have an internal ranking of of maybe the states of being, I might call them, that are the most uh, precious, healthy to exist in? I think it seems really beneficial to have a guiding light intention yeah it feel it feels important it feels important but it also feels meaningful to have a guiding light because then when i stray out i can when i when i stray away from it move away from it it's i can then say oh okay come back to the light that guiding light whatever it is and that's that's the practice of of returning to the guiding light Uh, you know, I see the guiding light though, as there's a lot of flexibility in that, right? Because it might shift and like the guiding light might shift and change as, as I move through a different era of my life, as I move through a different season of my life, you know, when I was in a place of real deep grieving, it's like my guiding light was very different and I, I needed something very different, um, and so different phases and stages of just my own healing process called for a different guiding light. And so it's, I guess, use I don't know, I want to bring in the word flexibility of, of the guiding light. And also, though, yeah, it feels like when I did have a guiding light, it, it brought, was it maybe direction? I don't know if I, yeah, direction. Hmm. You said when you did have a, a guiding light, does that mean you don't feel like you have a guiding light right now? Uh, no, I do. I, I It's something I check in with myself on a, on a regular basis. And I ask a lot like, yeah, this, this, what's, where, where, where am I, where am I pointing the compass? Yeah. yeah. Um, like uh, I want to set the sails. Like where where am I setting the sails? I have no idea where the boat's gonna go and what's gonna happen. But um, I want to lean like a little bit over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that you bring up the importance of flexibility. Right? Maybe another way to describe this. Um, what what I try to investigate is like my relationship with my past self. And is that, is that serving me now? Like, you know, commitments, intention that I set in the past. So sometime in the past, you know, I could have uh, an insight, enlightening moment where that's where the, the guiding light is, is discovered, right? In, the, in those moments where it's so clear, it's like, yes, this is it. And it's so powerful that I want to make a commitment, intention, devotion, whatever, to hold on to it. Because I see in that moment how beneficial this can be for me. And so I do that. And then my, my life unfolds and I'm, you know, we're spending as much time as I can with that guiding light, I would say. But to your point a little bit, 
that there there could be a time that comes when that doesn't feel appropriate for where I'm at right now. It was appropriate for my past self, but it might not be appropriate for it, but it can be confusing because the commitment was so strong in the past. So powerful that I could even feel like I'm maybe letting myself down by letting that go potentially. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Right. But then you're also checking in with yourself in this moment right here of what is most needed and what might be most supportive. So then I would question, is that really letting yourself down? Or is that meeting who you, who, who you are right here and right now? Versus right. How, but how often do I get to do that? I could do that every moment. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> as many, as many moments as you bring pause into the day <laughs> and say, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> check, like check in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I, I mean, if, that yeah. of itself is a practice, right? Of just a, a moment to take a breath and check in. And yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we, you know, kind of give enough credit to how <laughs> wild this experience is that we've been born into, right? Like it's, right. it's really something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like welcoming the wild. Yeah. Cause it, it is, it's, it's wild. There's, you know, unknown territory. There's the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns and the like, you know, moments of being so clear, right. And, and truth and wisdom. And then moments where that pff, it's like so foggy and dense and like, I can't even, I can't see. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like the most con- confusing part that I've experienced is the fluctuation mm. I, I, I would say where it's yeah. it's really um something to grapple with i think mm. that i can feel a certain way in the morning and then i feel totally different in the middle of the day and i feel another way in the evening and and everything in between right and in the moment it feels stable <laughs> And then the change comes and, and, and I think also this is, this is where my relationship with, with words is extremely important and how I label myself. So I can label, you know, we tend to do this, you know, I am this, I am that I tag a label on myself because it feels true in the moment. And then later in the day or later in the month, whatever it is, I don't feel that way anymore, but it's like, wait a second. I said that I am this thing. And then now it doesn't feel true. Mm. What do I do about that? Mm. Yeah, the, the multifaceted humanness. Right. I wonder if you know part of part of part of the journey is letting it all in. I go, yeah, that's a part of me too. Oh, yep, that's a part of me too. And oh, yep, that's a part too. And yeah, that's an aspect too. And sometimes I feel this way and sometimes I feel that way without it being a problem. 
without needing to attach a story to it. Like, okay, yep. Now it's this and then it's this and in two hours, you know, that's going to be this. And it's almost like that's the gift of impermanence. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it as a gift. Yeah. Hmm. Why not? Yeah. I was having a conversation with some friends the other day, right? And we kind of came to this place where like, the only problem is, is when I make it into a problem. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, and that's not to dismiss like, yeah, there's some things in our world that definitely need our attention, but um, where do we make more problems than need to be? Hmm. You know, I feel this way, or this is happening, or this, you know, now it's this, and, and now I'm feeling in this way, and now I'm really confused, and it's like, yeah, that's a part of the journey. Oh yeah, that's a part of the journey too. Oh. And really the inquiry is, okay, so this is what's arising for me and how can I meet that? Yeah. Acceptance. It's huge. Yeah. Welcoming, acceptance, curiosity, a lot of patience. <laughs> yeah. Where does gratitude come in to play for you? What's your relationship with that? Yeah, it's a big part of my day. Many moments to to pause and just like look up, look around. Um, something for me that has been really helpful in the practice of gratitude is not just naming it, but also feeling it inside. So I'm grateful for bop, 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 bop. And, and that, and like, so I actually get a taste and a flavor of what that feels like. And for me, it, it just like, it's, it gets, it gets embodied. So it's not just this cognitive mental thing. It becomes like this whole embodied practice. And then to take it another fur, like a, a layer further is if it, if it's a great, it's a gratitude or thankfulness for a person to actually like share that out loud has been really meaningful um, and really connecting so that I like actually bring others into that. So the practice of telling other people that you're grateful for them. Well, let's just say like in the moment, yeah, I'm grateful this for this really amazing conversation that we get to have um, about juicy stuff that not everybody is talking about. And what a gift that I get to be here with you and like actually speaking that out, out loud. That feels it's not just an internal yeah. thing. It's it's like a now it's a us together kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I can. As, as you say that, I feel that, too. It's it's like a gift that you've just given by speaking it out loud. Mm. Or if I'm grateful for my partner, like, thank you for da 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 doing this. And, and I actually speak that to, to them. It's, it becomes a whole different kind of practice. Yeah. There's, um, I have like a, a little, bit I don't know, resistance isn't the right word 
but I, I try to be careful of this game of, um, of kind of emphasizing the individual, you know, both myself and other people, because I'm finding so much benefit in letting go of my identity. Right. And, and so the, it's, it feels like a balance. Like I, I have a tendency to like offer compliments as kind of my, my way of way of being, but it is the flip side of judgment, right? It's the positive aspect of, of judgment. I'm judging someone else to be likable, um, you know, good person, whatever it is. Uh, and so that, that feels nice, but at the same time, is it reinforcing this attachment to identity and like the real, the real juice that I experience in my life is when I, you know, let go of Avi where he doesn't exist anymore. You know? Um, yeah. I wonder about that. So you offering a compliment to someone in some way is just solidifying more of your identity. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, I reverse it around. And like when someone offers me a compliment, noticing what happens within myself, you know, and it's both nice and like the danger signal is also flashing for me now. It's like, no, okay. Like, because I don't want to like elevate myself into this place of like, you know, I'm, I'm so good type of thing. Like mm-hmm. I just am like, ultimately I feel that there's nothing to take credit for. Like, what do I have to take credit for? Mm. So I don't, mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, what, what came up when you asked that question, what do I have to take credit for is just the uniqueness of who you are. But is that mine to take credit for? Well, there's no other person like you. So is that yours to take credit for? Um, hmm. I don't know. Is it yours to, is it your duty though to not duty, but yeah, maybe duty or responsibility to, to live that because it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Like that's, this is the essence of Avi. I think for sure that feels right to live that, essence really be in that so there's like a being in that a knowing that the unique uniqueness exists and that you know i hold value and that each one of us somehow is valuable i believe that a thousand percent that's just the way it is it's crazy yeah. <laughs> that that's the way it is but that's the way it is um yeah at the same time it's like the mind mind can yeah take Mm. take credit and like that's where the ego comes in a little bit like yeah you know i'm i'm so good or i've done so much work or anything like that and that that place doesn't feel beneficial like it's really serving me to do that it feels kind of old like i've already done it before and i want to let that go sure i wonder if there's a difference between between like taking it in up here and taking it in here. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Different 
a different way of of taking in, receiving, being nourished by a compliment, um, which really, in in a sense, is is an expression of love, right? And so, my more my question would be, well, what's what's preventing this this person's expression of love and care and connection from from entering me? Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Like just as as you mentioned with gratitude, I think it's the same thing, right? The the difference between thinking it up up in the mind, which is totally fine and beneficial, but moving it into the heart or the the whole being is. And I think you're right. It, it often is like I like to translate what people are are saying into like just love, the energy of love, like even just like our our customary greetings with each other. Like, you know, Hey, how's it going? You know, how's your day going? Things like that. Oftentimes, right. People don't really want an answer to that question, <laughs> but we're asking it anyway. And I think there's lots of different examples that one of the more sensitive ones is around, you know, when someone ex- experiences loss, you know, you say like, I'm sorry, right. That maybe is not like the appropriate thing necessarily. I know some have, have told me and I've experienced that like, you know, I don't really want to feel that sorry, but at the same time, it's just trying to find the words to support another being like, that's the essence of it. So I don't want to get caught in the actual words that someone's saying. I want to just realize that what they're doing is just saying like, love, Mm. that's all they're doing. And I can receive it if I want to receive that love. Um, and it's as simple as that. I think something that you like listening to you speak, what brings up is, um, something that becomes very palpable in a silent retreat is, uh, the, the power of one's presence and how much, uh, uh, being another person's presence can actually speak so much louder than any kind of words. which people feel, we feel that. I can feel someone's presence much more than, oh, I'm sorry for your loss or da, 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 da. Um, just the, the, the vibration of, of presence can actually be even more penetrating, so to speak, than the right kind of word. You know, the, the power of love can actually, you know, the, 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 the energy, the spirit of love can, can be so much more penetrating than all the words. Hmm. And it's, it, it's wild, like sitting in a silent retreat, how actually connected I feel to most people who are strangers and we're not even really talking, but we're sitting in a field of presence and love. Yeah, you're reminding me of an experience I had uh, a few weeks ago where I was at a concert and I was just walking around and looking at all these people. I've never seen any of them before. And I could still feel that I would look at someone and really look at them and feel that I I knew them. Like mm. I know you. <laughs> mm. Not to be like, you know, it's, I mean... It, there's the distinction between that, like, like my mind thinking, Oh, I, you know, I judge, I can know this person. It wasn't, wasn't from a place of words. 
it was, it was a deeper thing. And like, how cool is that? Uh, that we can I mean, just, I, we that, can look at people and just know them. <laughs> What's that? That lights you up. As in, yeah. It's, it's, um, I'm going to use this word again, but that's medicine, right? That's, mm. that's human to human, soul to soul. Like I see you. That, and that's what I'm hearing you say. Like, like what if we could see the sacred in everyone? Like what a different world we would be living in. I think the words do get in the way of that often. If there's anything that I, I would say that I'm observing that gets in the way, it's the word, not that words, I don't want to make words the enemy either, because here we are having a, a conversation that feels beneficial, but it's it just the right relationship with the words. You know, I've been asking myself a lot, just how much, whatever it is, that's becoming a very important question to me is like, how much? Yeah, and that is a, a big revelation for many people, how words actually can separate us from other people. And yes, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and, your, and yourself, right. Well, that's what's happening with the mind too, right? Yeah. The, the, the words in, in the mind, the thoughts are maybe separating me from myself. Jess, it's so great to connect. Thank you so much yeah, for taking well. the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for a good, good conversation. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.